If you have your Bibles, I'd ask you to open up to uh, Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. It's a story about Isaac. Isaac and his family. Isaac is the son of Abraham and Sarah. The promised son of Abraham and Sarah. And uh, before we get into chapter 27, I want to... uh, to catch up and do a little history so we can catch up to see where the family's at at this point. So, I'm going to start in actually Genesis 25, actually 24. Isaac, uh, Genesis chapter 24 is about Isaac and how he trusted in the Lord to let the Lord choose him a wife. That's a pretty th- big thing to let the Lord trust, or to trust the Lord in. I mean, picking your own wife for you. And it says at the end of uh, chapter 24 that Isaac loved the wife that God chose for him. Now, in Genesis 25, there's a little more history that I want to read right here for you. Genesis 25, verse 19, it says, This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One shall be the stronger than the other, and the, other shall ser- the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Now we can see from here that both Isaac and Rebekah both knew how to pray. They both knew how to seek the Lord for their family, for their home. So if Isaac was somebody who trusted God to choose his wife for him, and that he loved the wife that God chose for him, and both Isaac and Rebekah both knew how to pray, they both knew how to seek the Lord, then what happens? What happens in chapter 27? Let's take a look. We're going to read chapter 27, then we're going to go back and uh, take it apart. It says, Now it came to pass when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man. I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him. And I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. 
But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for, for me. And when he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice, choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he knelt and felt him and said, The voice is the voice Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game, so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him, and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven." of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse, cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting and also had made savory food, and brought it to his father, and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed." When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac said, Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it came to pass when you be, and it shall come to pass when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. 
So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her The words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she went and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth like these who are in the daughters, who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? That's crazy. What happened? If Isaac was somebody who trusted the Lord to choose a wife for him, if he's, if that wife he loved, the wife that God chose him, and both Isaac and Rebekah both knew how to seek the Lord, they both knew how to pray for their family and for their home, what happened here? The whole family seems to have self-destructed in this chapter. Why? Say, because they substituted their believing in the Father, their trust in the Lord, for scheming, for conniving, for cheating, for uh, trickery, so that they could each have their own way. They're all being selfish. What did Isaac do here? Isaac, he put himself ahead of the Lord. I mean, most people on their deathbed that know the Lord want to make sure they're right with the Lord. I mean, that's the first thing on their mind. What's the first thing on Isaac's mind? I want, to eat the, I want to eat the food. Give me the food that I like. That's what's on his mind. He's putting that ahead of the Lord. He's also disobeying the, the Lord's command. He knew what the promise was in Genesis chapter 25. He knew that the older was supposed to serve the younger, and yet he's trying to alter God's plan. And we're also going to look, he's living by his feelings. We're going to get into that as we go back and look at the chapter. What's Rebecca doing? Rebecca is eavesdropping. She's scheming. She's being deceitful. She's trying to come up with her own plan to make sure that God's will gets done. What's Jacob doing? Jacob's lying and being deceitful as well. Jacob tells six lies in this chapter. He lies about his name. He lies about the food. He lies about how he got the food. He lies using the Lord's name in his lies how he got the food. What's Esau doing? Esau is weeping and begging for a blessing. Now, if we remember the story, uh, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of beans to Jacob. He, didn't, he says he despised his birthright. Now, if he despised his birthright, why is he weeping and begging for the blessing? I'm going to take a look at that and see why. Now, let's go back to the beginning of chapter 27 and we'll... See what it says. It says now, verse 1, Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, how old is Isaac? If you go through the scriptures, you can figure out Isaac is 137 years old at this point, which is pretty old. He is old. His eyes are failing him. He's on his deathbed. Seems like he's bedridden. So he is old. His eyes are failing him. He probably thinks this is it. His brother, his half-brother Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, died at 137. So that's got to be in his mind too. 
My brother died when he was 137. I'm 137 now and my eyes are failing me. I'm stuck in my bed. He actually lives for another 43 years after this chapter. So he kind of jumped the gun on giving the blessing and thinking when he's going to go. But uh, something else that's interesting that I want to keep in mind throughout this chapter. If Isaac is 137 years old, um, Jacob and Esau, I grew up thinking, listening to these stories, thinking that they must have been, well, Isaac sends out his son to go hunt game. I think he's got to be about 20. They're not. They're 77 years old here, which puts a whole new light on this story. 77 years old. Now, what is Isaac trying to do here? He wants to bless Esau. Why does he want to bless Esau when he knows what God's plan is? What's God's plan? That the older should serve the younger. Why does he want to bless Esau? I think if we take a look back in Genesis 25, verse 27, it says, So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in the tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Look at that verse 28 again. It says, And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. There is no because after Rebekah. Only for Esau. It's like our father. Our father loves us. We don't have to do something for Him. We don't have to make it be a because we've done this or done that. He just loves us. But Esau, he had to do something. And Isaac loved him because he brought him the food. So that's why he's trying to alter God's plan. He has favorites. He's playing favorites. Now, if we look back in verse 1, it says that his eyes were dim. What are our five senses? Our five major senses are sight, Hearing, smell, taste, and touch. It's the first one here. His sight. His sight's failing him. Just keep that in mind as we keep going. His sight is failing him. Verse 5 says, Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. Now, that verse 8 there, it says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. We're supposed to obey our parents. We're supposed to honor our parents. What does it say in the Ten Commandments? Exodus 12, uh, 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Now, are we supposed to still honor them? Are we supposed to obey our authorities if they do not follow the word? Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, still the Ten Commandments, says, Do not bear false witness. What is Rebekah asking Jacob to do? She's asking him to lie. She's asking him to be deceitful. Now, what? Now Rebecca knew God's word as well. She knew what God said back in Genesis 25, that the older shall serve the younger. So she's trying to help God out. She is trying to do God's way her own way. She's trying to make her own plans. Now, do the ends justify the means? Is it, uh, should we be messing with God plan, God's plans knowing what the ultimate outcome is going to be? It's going to cost her dearly because she did. i got a couple examples I want to take a look at. Moses. Moses was a Hebrew boy that uh, 
grew up in Egypt. He was born to Levites, so he was, he was from the tribe of Levi. Now, while he was born, Pharaoh had orders out to kill all the males that were born. So his family hid him as long as they could. Then they put him in a basket in the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter found him and adopted him. So Moses grew up in the palace of Pharaoh for 40 years. Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verse 23. This is about Moses. It says, Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. So what's going on? Moses wanted to go out and help God. He goes, I want to go out. I feel like a calling. I'm going to go out to these people, and God's going to use me to deliver them. He was about 40 years too early, though. But he's also trying to do it his own way. If we look back in Exodus chapter 2 on the same story, it says that Moses looked this way and Moses looked that way. And seeing nobody, he killed the Egyptian. What way did he not look? He forgot to look up. He forgot to ask the Lord, is this what I need to do? Is this what I should be doing? He did not go to the Lord in prayer. And because he didn't, he had to run for his life. And because he had to run for his life, he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert being a shepherd. And a shepherd to the Egyptians is an abomination. It is the worst possible occupation you could have. Because he did it his own way, he had to run for his life. Now David, David in 2 Samuel chapter 6, David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He wanted to bring it there because he knew it would bless the people. And it seemed like the right thing to do. Let's pick the story up in chapter 6, verse 1. It's, and again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand of the ark to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his heir, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it out aside to the house of the Odom, Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So because, I mean, did David have a right to be angry? I don't think so. 
He should have known what the Scriptures said. All the kings were supposed to make a copy of the Scriptures. He should have known what was in here. We're not excused because we don't know what's in here. So how could have this whole tragedy been prevented? If he would have known what was in here, Uzzah wouldn't have died. He would have known how the ark was supposed to be carried. So if we pick it back up in verse 12, it says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. So what did, the, what did they do? It says right there in verse 13, it says, And so it was when those bearing the ark, they were now carrying the ark on the poles the way they were supposed to be. How did David figure that out? He had to have gone back into the Word. He had to go back to the Word to figure out what was, what was God's plan. What way was it supposed to be done? Because his plan didn't work. So same thing with Rebecca. She's not caring how the plan gets done. She just wants the outcome that God had promised her. She's taking her own way to do it. And because she does that, at the end of the story as we read, Jacob has to flee for his life, and she never sees him again. She says go for a few days, but he's gone for 20 years. When he comes back, she's gone. So it cost her her son. Now, what are they doing here? They're making food to taste like the wild game that Esau is going out to catch. So, remember, Isaac's sight is gone. That's one of his senses. Now they're going to try to trick him with his taste. That's another one. Verse 11. It says, And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. Now they're going to trick him with touch or feeling. So the sights failed him. They're going to try to be deceitful with the taste. Now they're going to be deceitful with his touch or his feeling. So those are three of his senses right there. Now what else does it say? It says, and I shall seem to be a deceiver. It's not that he's going to seem to be a deceiver. He is being a deceiver. So what is, what is Jacob more worried about? He's worried about what other people see him as. He's worried about his reputation. He's not worried about who he really is, which is his character. His reputation is what people think you are. Your character is who you really are. So are we more worried about our reputation, what people think around us, than who we really are, our character? I mean, are we somebody different when we're here in church than when we go out into our workplaces? How do we know what our character really is? So you know by when you're by yourself, how do you act? Who are you really? What do you watch on TV? What do you listen to on the radio? What are you reading? What are you looking at on the internet? That's who we really are. That's what our character is. And Jacob is more worried about his reputation. He's more worried about what other people think about him. Verse 13, it says, But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took choice clothes of her elder son, Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Now, why would she do that? Why would Jacob put on Esau's clothes? Remember, Esau is an outdoorsman. He's a hunter. Jacob is not. He lives in the, twi- in the tents. There's going to be a different smell. 
They're going to try to trick Isaac with the smell, which is another one of his senses. So remember, his sights failed him. They're going to try to be deceitful with the taste. They're going to try to be deceitful with the touch, with the feelings. And they're going to try to be deceitful now with the smell. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? So now why would Jacob or why would Isaac ask, Who are you, my son? This is his last sense that he has, hearing. It doesn't sound like Esau. His hearing is not going to lie to him. He's going to realize something's not right. So Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. That's Jacob's first lie. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? Isaac's skeptical. He's saying, he doesn't sound right, and he went out and got this game pretty fast. Something's not right. And Jacob says, and he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. That's lie number two. Because the Lord your God brought it to me. That Lord is the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the proper name of the Lord that Jacob's using in his lie. It's the tetragrammaton. He, uh, and he says, your God, the Lord your God. Jacob is not saved at this point. He's 77 years old at this point and still not saved. He does not get saved until chapter 28. Verse 21, it says, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near me that I may feel, that's one of his senses again, feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy, like his, like, like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. So Isaac is being confused. They deceived him by the smell. They deceived him by his uh, taste. Or they're going to deceive him by their taste. They're, gonna, they're deceiving him by the touch, by his feelings. So what Jacob smelled like Esau and he felt like Esau. So Isaac... The only thing that didn't fail him was his hearing. The word that Jacob spoke is the only feeling, is the only sense that did not fail him. But what did he trust? He trusted what he felt. He did not trust what he heard. So how do we avoid being deceived by our feelings? The only way is to be in the Word, to know what the Word says. We've got to know what this says or we're going to be deceived. So what happens if we don't know what the Word says? Eventually we will be deceived. We've got to spend time in the Word. If David would have known what the Word said, what was in the Word, Uzzah wouldn't have died. You know, lots of people, lots of people think, you know, when I'm older, I used to do this. I used to think, when I'm older, then I'll be in the Word. Then I will spend time in the Word. But right now, I'm too busy. i got a family to raise. i got a job to take care of. i got things to go, places to do, money to make. It doesn't just happen, though. We've got to be in this. We've got to be spending time. You know, I told you a story for those of you that were here last week about that... Uh, skeet shooter that we sent to the Olympics, that she uh, won a gold medal. She broke Olympic records. She won medals at the last five consecutive Olympics, the only athlete to ever do that from America. In the interview that they asked her, in the interview, they asked her the question, how do you set yourself apart from the others? And remember what her answer was? She said, her answer was simple. I just shoot 500 to 1,000 rounds a day. That's it. 
she has the discipline to do it. If we were to read just a thousand words a day out of this, the New King James has approximately 783,000 words in it. If we were just to read a thousand words a day and be disciplined, we would get through this in just a little over two years. She can shoot a thousand rounds a day. Can't we read a thousand words a day? I point, I, uh, gave a question to the kids in Sunday school about a year ago. I said, uh, if we could read a chapter a day from the day we were born and we got to live 80 years, so if you could read at the day you were born all the way to 80 years, and I know none of us could read it the day we were born, so the answer is going to even be smaller than this. How many times would we get through the Bible? Over 80 years, it's about 29,200 days. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. If you did a chapter a day, you'd only get through this Bible 24 and a half times in your lifetime. It was pretty staggering to me when I realized that, when I calculated it all out. It's not very many times. And I have a hard time myself studying a chapter a day to really study it out and see what is it saying to figure it out. When I'm preparing for Sunday school, it takes me all week to do one chapter. Not a chapter a day. I'd love to do a chapter a day and get through it. At that point, I'm already halfway there, so I've only got 12 times left through this if I do a chapter a day starting now. It's kind of sobering. That's not very many times. You know, but if you start today, then you don't waste any more of those days. Because every day that goes by that we don't do it, that's that many times less through the Bible that we get to go. Uh, Verse 24. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. There's another lie. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game, that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate. And he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing. That's one of his senses again. And he blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over you, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. They just barely missed each other. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. I mean, what kind of excuse would Jacob have given Esau if Esau caught him in his clothes coming out from his dad? He might have been killed right there. He also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. Isaac figured out, hey, you know what? God's will is going to get done. It doesn't matter. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, oh my, me also, O oh my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. Did he take away his birthright? No, he sold it. 
He sold his birthright for a bowl of beans to Jacob. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. And with grain and with wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Now why is Esau weeping? Why does he so desperately want the blessing when he could give a rip about the birthright? He didn't want the birthright at all. He, all he cares about is the blessing. Why? Well, what's the? remember, he's 77 years old and weeping like a baby for this blessing. So what's so important about the blessing? Well, what's the birthright? The birthright was a double inheritance for the eldest son. It was a double inheritance of the money because he was going to be in charge of the family welfare. It also came with the privilege of being the spiritual leader of the family. Neither one of these things Esau cared about. Esau was an outdoorsman. He was a hunter. He could supply for himself. He didn't care. And he definitely didn't want to have anything to do with this uh, spiritual side of stuff. Now, what's the blessing? I think we can see from the text here, there are two main things that are in the blessing. Two main points that are in the blessing. And surrounded by that, I think there's... Two points, one on either side of it. So there's really four things that are involved with the blessing, but two are actually in the blessing. Those two that are in the blessing, one of them is a statement. It's a statement of who, I, of who Esau is. It's, this is who I see that you are. This is what I see in you. The second thing it is, it's a statement of where he's heading in his future. So we're going to come back and take a look at those in just a minute. I think these are things that our kids want today. I see it in the Sunday school room. I see it in my kids. They want to know. They want to know what we see in them. They want to know where we see that they're heading in the future. Now, I told you that there's things surrounded on either side of these as well. So there's four points on this blessing. The first one, verse 26. The two, the two main ones are going to be the two that are in the middle, and we're going to go through those. But the first one is in verse 26. It says, Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. So what's the first one? Touch. What do kids want? What do my kids want when I walk in from work every day? What do they do? They come and run to me, both of them. My oldest one comes. All I have to do is touch him on the head or on the shoulder, and he's good, and he's gone back to whatever he's doing. That's all he wants. He wants to know that he's safe, that I'm there. My little one comes running to me with his arms up and jumps in my arms. He just wants me to hold him. That's all he wants. He wants to feel safe. Now, in Mark chapter 10, why did the children come to Jesus? It says that they came to him so that he would touch them. Now, the second thing I talked about in the blessing, a statement of who these kids are. They want to know who they are. Verse 27 says, halfway through verse 27, it says, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. So what is Isaac doing? He picked out what he saw in his son that was good and spoke it to him and said, I see this in you, and this is good. You smell like the field. I love the outdoors. You smell like the field. You smell like the outdoors to me. This is who I see that you are. I, I came across this in Sunday school quite a while ago with the kids. I started pointing out what I see in them, and they eat it up. I've told them, I brought out, and there's one boy in particular, I told him, I said, I've seen you, you're a builder, you're a creator. You have a mechanical mind, 
and he ate it up. And I started noticing it with each of the kids. And if I didn't know what they were, they were raising their hands and telling me stuff so that I could tell them. And so I do that now. I'm telling them what I see in them, and they love it. I've got another girl in there that she, uh, she can sing. She sings incredible. And so I tell her, and you know what? You have a great voice. You can sing. That's just who you are. They want to know who they are. And that goes into the next thing. Where, am I, where are they heading in their future? Verse 28. Verse 28. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. So what's he telling them? What's Isaac telling Esau? He's saying, you will prosper agriculturally and you're going to lead over your brothers. You are going to be a leader. He's telling them where he's heading in the future. These kids want to know, that boy that has the mechanical mind, I've told him, you can be building stuff for the Lord in the future. You can be building bridges for the Lord. You can be building churches for the Lord, whatever it is. That girl with the voice, you can be leading worship. You can be singing on worship teams. You know what? She did. She came here the last Saturday that we had for community worship and sing with us. That's pretty, that takes a lot of courage for a little kid to come do that. You speak it into them and they're going to live it. They're going to know. They want our affirmation. They want to know who they are and they want to know where they're heading. This is what Isaac did for Esau. Now the last thing with the blessing. If you go all the way down to verse 33, at the end of it, it says, Jacob's, or Isaac says, I have blessed him, and indeed, he shall be blessed. What's that? He's being committed. He's committed to what he's told them, that he's going to carry it through. That's what these kids want from us too. They want us to be committed to them. How are we committed to them? We're committed to them by prayer. We stand by them in prayer. If I see this in you, I'm going to pray you through. Where do we want our kids to be? We want them to be walking with the Lord. We want them to be with the Lord. So that's what we're going to be praying for. That's where we want to direct them. We want to guide them there. You know, I know not all of us had fathers growing up, but it doesn't matter. Because ultimately we have a father that he wants to be beside us and he wants to bless us and he wants to give us direction. So we can all be blessed, and we can all be blessers. There's kids around us. There's kids coming through these doors all week long, and they want to know. They're hungry. There's kids that get dropped off from their parents because it's used as a babysitting service for Sunday mornings. But you know what? We get those kids for a couple hours. Other than that, they would never hear about the Word. Verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of, of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Why doesn't he kill him right now? I don't think he wants a curse from his dad. I don't, his dad will find out and probably curse him. I don't think he wants the curse from his dad, but he's mad. That's the reason he's come from. He's already committed in his mind, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. 
So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. This is why Jacob's in trouble in the first place. He obeyed her voice. Remember, he's 77 years old. And his mom's still telling him what to do as far as being deceitful. So, because of this, he ran. He turns and runs. And because of that, he never sees his mom again. She's gone. He never sees her this side of heaven. So, just remember, we all have kids in our lives, whether in our own personal families or kids that are around us or kids that are here in this church. They want to know. They want to, be, they want to know who they are and they want to know where they're heading. And they'll tell you. They'll let you know. If you don't know them, they'll let you know. Kids come up to you all the time. I've noticed it twice now this week. Kids have come up to me that I don't even know and just start talking to me. They're looking for people. They want people to bless them. They want people to just love on them. And that's why we're here.